0: Welcome back, everybody, to Rules of the Arena, episode 49. With me tonight is Super Producer Casey. Hey. And Ben is still not found yet. We, we're trying to find him. Uh, search parties are still out there. We have posters. So if you have a sighting, please send me a picture over Facebook, Instagram, with hashtag Grandpa Ben. We'll, we'll use that to try to narrow down the search here a little bit. More importantly, my guest tonight and setting a new record from, for distance on this podcast is reporting all the way from Brisbane, Australia is Cohen Hamill, Hamill swing. Did I get that right? That right, man. (laughs) (laughs) Cohen, thanks for taking the time uh, out of your lunch break to chat with us. And again, apologies if I butchered up your name too much. Uh, Would you just mind introducing yourself to the folks listening?
1: No worries at all, man. Um, thanks for having me first of all. And, um, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, my name's Cohen, Cohen Hummelswang, um, and I make art under the Instagram handle, I hate art, and I think TikTok is, uh, straight hate mate. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so how old were you when you started to get into art, you know, whether it was drawing or whatever the case may be?
1: I've drawn for as long as I can remember. Hey, it's always been just something I did. But um, I get, I think I really started picking it up as like something to do in probably like grade two. So I was around seven years old and I like decided like in my head, I was like, I want to draw.
0: <laughs> you know, what drew you to that medium versus, you know, I know, of course, there's painters out there and photography and such. What drew you into the two or drew you into drawing itself? Nice pun. Um, <laughs>
1: um uh probably just like ease of access i mean i paint and do other things like watercolor and clay and stuff as well but drawing was uh something that i like you could just pick up a pencil as a, as a young kid you know you didn't need permission from parents to get paints or anything like that it was um just just doodles in the sketchbook uh doodles in the school workbook book and stuff like that instead of uh doing my lessons <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Did you ever dabble at all with, you know, poetry, music, or whatever else might have been available to you back then?
1: Oh, yeah, man. Like, um so like poetry and lyrics and stuff like that. And uh, I'm a guitarist in the metal band Before the Harvest.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, so like a bit of an all-rounder old creativity, man. It's just fun to do, eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you have anyone that, or any uh, big influences growing up?
1: In general, like.
2: Oh, I think we lost you there for just a bit. Yeah, one uh, more time. Go on, can you just try to repeat that yeah, for Yeah, no.
1: Me? Too easy, man. Uh, like, in art or just in general?
0: Uh, in general, both, really.
1: Okay. Um, I think, like, artistically, the biggest influences were definitely uh, probably uh, artists like um, H.R. Geiger, Rest in peace, old mate. Um, but I... Like, I didn't know it at the time, but I was pretty young when I saw the Alien movies, and his style definitely had a huge impact on my artwork um, from a really early age, and uh, so did um, Jonan Vasquez. He's the the creator of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squee comic book series, but he's more known for the animated series Invader Zim. But God, he was the creator behind that. that. He has <laughs> yeah. like like, just that that irreverent sort of dark humor but uh like nice and simple mm-hmm. as well like that had a huge impact on me as a kid
0: so what then um, where did the um, sorry where the music come from did you was there a band or a musician out there that like hey i want to go do that this is a
1: this is a funny story um so I mean, I grew up listening to music. My mum would always put music on when we cleaned the house as young kids and stuff like that. But uh, I think I was like 13 or 14, and uh, I met this kid. His name was Malcolm, and he, uh, like, we bonded because we both had long black hair and metal in high school, you know. But um, he asked me if I played guitar because I was talking to him about music and Marilyn Manson or whatever we were into at the time. And uh, I actually lied to him and said, yeah, I play guitar. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, just, I was just trying to be cool, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, then he was like, oh, yeah, man, um, you should come over and we can jam. And I was just like, yeah, all right. And uh, kind of had to back it up in a couple of weeks <laughs> to go over there, like somehow acquire a guitar first and foremost. No one in my family is musical. <laughs> and, uh, So I had to get this guitar somehow and then go and hang out with this guy who I'd lied to and said that I play guitar. So I taught taught myself how to play. (laughs) Uh, I think it was I think it was the beautiful people or something like that in about two or three weeks from just like YouTube wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. back then. So I just like kind of winged it and taught myself and it just kind of unraveled from there and i just had to like back up this whole thing that like yeah man i play guitar and it just worked like i just picked it up really easily and it and you know it just flowed and
0: not to play off stereotypes it seems like everybody that picks up the guitar the first time your first song you learn is is uh stairway to heaven by led zeppelin (laughs) And followed up shortly behind a little known band out of Australia called AC DC. I don't know if anybody's heard of them before <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Hell's Bells was the big the first, the second book or song in the book that I had I as a kid. So, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so like even as a like a metal appreciator and stuff, I didn't start when most guitarists or musicians do in general. I I picked it up and went. I think Slipknot was the next thing I stepped it up with and corn and stuff like that. So I didn't even learn, like, smoke on the water or <laughs> any of the greats, you know, Metallica and stuff. Mm-hmm. I went straight to that stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, what was – did you ever – did you take any formal training eventually now that you've, you've talked yourself into this corner? I mean, how did you work yourself out of that one?
1: No, I never took any lessons, never. I just – um You know, did what most teenagers did and neglected their schoolwork and focused on things that made them happy. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody does that. (laughs) (laughs) In in hindsight, though, I really do see that, Uh, you know, my learning and guitar work would have been monumentally just levelled on a different playing field had I gone through the traditional routes of learning classical Mm -hmm. music and blues scales. And, like, I still don't know music theory. Our band is released, like... An EP, an album, and a collaboration thing, and um, yeah, still don't know music. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: not important
0: anyway. No, no. Well, I grew up with two (laughs) band directors for parents, and I couldn't tell anything about it either. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in a band. That's why I do a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we've we've been talking kind of back and forth over the last few weeks, and you're currently working in land management. Did would did you go to school for that, or did you ever plan on going to school for an art degree?
1: I have uh, I've had very little planning for my future in general. I think I just sort of <laughs> always been a go with the flow kind of guy. <laughs> it's just like really stereotypical, but um, like I didn't really have a grand plan. I think I I can actually remember like when I was or eight or something like that in primary school, I remember saying, oh, I want to be a jet pilot, and pfft, that went out the window real quick <laughs> <laughs> like um, I did a uh, work placement in my local council, uh, probably about nine nine or ten well, eight or nine years ago now and it was with uh, my best mate, and he got me a job there, and they trained you up in, a, it's like I don't know or I think it's community college, the equivalent, of it. like it's just like a trade almost. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like it, they trained you up while you work. So you earned, you know, base wage and then you're sort of studying at the same sort of time. Oh, that's and cool. that's probably it. And then the rest is, you know, learn as you go. Mm-hmm.
0: So were you still, while you're doing that, were you still working on, on the guitar playing and the, the artwork as well? Or did you kind of, put that on the back seat
1: like the big thing at the time was being in a band i think and like i made that my priority it was really dumb to do <laughs> but uh, like in hindsight you go "Oh, yeah, i should have spent more time actually being a you know, functioning member of society but <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so like uh we were touring and stuff at the time i was i wasn't like, art has never been, like, uh, a means to make money. It's always been a very personal thing for me. So um, it's always just been something I did. I never trained. I never had any lessons. It's all self-taught and just, like, observing and looking at things. You know, if I want to draw a hand, I'll look at my hand. But, um, yeah, so the band was the big thing at the time and... That sort of cost me my job in the council but i still took the training and then subsequently ended up in more environmental roles as i got older and the band matured and stuff like that and work became more important
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know from the i mean still being in the band i mean do you is do you ever plan on maybe taking the band up as a full-time career or do you want to keep um, that more as your part-time <clears throat> you know hobby if you will similar to the art
1: kind of been like a bit in a bit of ebb and flow the band uh it was like a year or two ago now sort of um died back in activity because a couple of guys were going through some personal matters and now we were all in Brisbane together living in a house and uh our vocalist had to move back up north to our hometown and um I think we the drummer uh left he didn't learn a few of the songs so we're kind of on a bit of an indefinite hiatus at the moment now other guitarist he's actually doing uh he's becoming really successful in like a trap trap rap Mm -hmm. uh screamo scream rap kind of thing so he's very very well off in that so it's just uh yeah push and pull like i just draw in my spare time and the music was the prerogative for moving down here but i found full-time meaningful employment in the environmental industry at the same time. Sure.
2: So what, uh, I guess what, <laughs> so what, um, we've kind of been talking about your, your job and stuff. So what do you actually do um, for, for work? I mean, it is to use the uh, big fancy
1: words or just like. I mean, whichever one makes you
2: sound <laughs> Start better. Start with man, fancy like... and then water it down for us. <laughs>
1: uh, um, so I guess technically I identify and eradicate invasive species of plants in the uh, the natural environment, but in layman's terms, I guess I'm a bush gardener.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, and for like, the did, local like, it's, northern it's America. Pretty... <laughs> Sorry, man. No, for local Northern America citizens, uh, we'd call that the sticks or the woods. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But go ahead. Sorry, Colin.
1: No, you're right. Um, Oh, shit. What was the question again? Sorry. Like, what I actually do. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Just like what what your job is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What my real job is. My real world job. (laughs) Um, I uh, So, like, it's got a broad range of skills, I guess. Like, um, I spent like my young adulthood growing up doing trade jobs and laboring and stuff like that. So it gave me a good fundamental floor for tool use chainsaws and drills and all that kind of stuff. And then coming into this work, you kind of have to know how to use the tools. So, and not really be too afraid of hard work. So I, um, we come out here and it can range from anything from felling large invasive pine trees or, Large hardwood timber trees to um, to revegetating an area that we've had to clear, and uh, as much as I know it's very shunned upon, but you, it's chemical use is a part of the job, and it severely <clears throat> uh, reduces our hard work. <laughs> hey,
2: that's so important. So we can,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it can be anything from. Hand weeding and little bits of chemical spot spraying, and to um, actual land clearing and pine felling and revegetating areas and
2: waterways. Oh wow! Okay, cool. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> do they give you like armed guards out there? Because I've seen some of the creatures that live in your country <laughs> that look like it's straight out of fucking Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean, your, your, your centipedes alone are enough that I don't want to go there, let alone your, the wild boar, the, the water buffalo, or the, the fucking 20-foot crocodiles that are swimming in the waterways. Oh man, like I feel the same about like
1: parts of America in the USA too, man. You wouldn't catch me dead in this field if bears lived here, you know. <laughs> but like you can Auckland see the bear and, uh, coming. Or, like, I mean, wildcat. <laughs> 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 you see that video? Of that doing getting chased by the like mama cougar somewhere. Yeah, there? yeah. Like, like screw that, man. No yeah, way. I've <laughs> had a no. similar
0: experience. Thankfully, it wasn't that close. I think the closest the cat got to me was maybe hundred yards out, but. I was hiking out west in the mountains and I was being, I could hear something above me and behind me at first. It was like 200, 250 yards out and I'm looking at it and it's probably a 60 degree pitch up a mountainside. I'm like, there's no people up there. This isn't good. And I remember reading the little warning sign. You might see elk and goats and bear and small chance mountain lions. And my brain goes, mountain lion. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Grab the biggest stick I can carry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Fuck that man!
1: Like, I'd be out here. Like, you guys are allowed guns and stuff. I'd be out there with a gun. I would never trail running. You know, I'd have a shotgun on my back. Like, okay, if shit goes down, it's getting real. Right.
2: Right. All you're gonna do is piss the bear off, but right. it's a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but uh to oh, go, man. yeah. To, so you're you're out in the bush. You said you're not too far out out of the city, though. I know there's a lot of people that work. Uh, There's a gentleman I follow, uh, Adam Greentree, and he lives eight hours away from the nearest civilization. And I can't, he runs his own company, construction and some other things, but I can't imagine being out in the bush, as you said, with the critters you have running around. No, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I don't know. Um, Like they tend to leave you alone if you leave them alone. And the only time you're getting uh, any sort of damage is if you're you know, like with snakes, so we'll use snakes as an example is if you're, one, really unlucky, or two, if you're an idiot and you're trying to catch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, everything just wants to get away from you, man.
0: Well, Casey's <laughs> favorite animal on the whole planet are snakes. Yep, love them. <laughs> They're just the best. Uh, oh, man.
1: <laughs> sarcasm. Hard sarcasm. yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind them but your your damn tarantulas i'd just say glass the whole country at that point
2: for me. so um kind of getting back a little bit kind of on topic again um how did uh so how did like covid kind of change um like what you were doing and stuff and um did that kind of push you towards tiktok or did tiktok come first i don't know um like covid didn't
1: affect me or my partner that great it affected my partner more so because she's a school teacher so she had to like restructure um entire lesson plans and that from home and online which was hugely difficult but um me and my work it didn't impact me greatly but like in terms of like just uh putting my artwork on tiktok i've always kind of posted up my art um on whether it was facebook or instagram or snapchat and um uh, my partner suggested to me, like, oh, we should try putting our stuff on TikTok. I was like, okay. Did a couple of things on TikTok. And I hadn't uh, posted on there for a while. And then I put a um, a video of, like, one of the... A guy hit me up to draw a picture for a, uh, an album cover or something that he wanted to use for one of his SoundCloud things of the dude ripping his face off in the skull. And that one just went fucking nuts and then it just kind of deeply rose up and i'm just still not ready for it
0: (laughs) and that's how i can i stumbled across one of your videos on there uh and i believe it was titled lilith if i remember right and nice you're doing this cool kind of black and gray or gray and uh, or black and white depending on how you want to describe it drawing and you're just using a, a white colored pencil is that right
1: yeah, that's it, man. Just a white colored pencil um, and maybe like a, a paper stub to sort of uh, soften the hard edges of the, the white and stuff and then an eraser to sort of reduce areas and stuff. And that's pretty much all I use.
0: Did you start off with the, the black and white style or did you develop that one over time?
1: No, nah, no, nah, that was a, a really recent um, uh, change in my artistic approach to things um i just i follow uh this guy who does a lot of band album artwork and like really crazy detailed stuff and he uh his personal works are in the same style well not style but like he uses a white whatever pencil he's got on wood or stretched black canvas over board and stuff like that um his name's Toshihiro Egawa and he does a lot of metal artworks so are like uh disfiguring the goddess i think he did deprive and uh black earth child and he's done heaps of like death metal deathcore slam designs and i saw him do it and i was like ah that looks really fucking cool i want to see if i can do that <laughs> so that, that, i've only been doing it for like uh six seven six seven months i think okay yeah i started out with like just a black pen or Copic markers or watercolor or whatever I can get my hands on, really.
0: Hey, were you still doing the same style, for the lack of a better word? I've been trying to describe to people who's coming on the show this week, and I've said it's kind of this cool, like metal album cover, but gothic, macabre, kind of weird mashup thing. Because I don't know, I can do stick figures. That's the extent of my artistic ability.
1: That's cool. I like all those words. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how I'd describe my... I guess because um, uh, my girlfriend, she's a, a, an art teacher. She actually did go to university and stuff and studied and, and took a bit of teaching. So she knows the words, but she's calls it. It's like dark surrealism or um, dark art, macabre artwork. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's always, I've always drawn like monsters and nightmares and bubbled up guts and weird stuff like that so so it's just like the natural progression i think and then like like i'm not a satanist (laughs) yeah i don't pay too much attention to that side of life i'm more focused on living but,
0: um, <laughs> do you get a lot of people accusing like, you of that or i know I, my um, favorite thing to yeah, go is yeah. on the tiktok comments and what we all look at people like you need to find jesus and it's just like calm oh, down there yeah. karen
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh well, you know that's cool that you came here to tell me what i need but i didn't go anywhere near you to tell you what you need and that's cool but i respect people's beliefs and stuff like that i'm not out to hurt anyone but i just find the symbolism and the runes and you know transmutation circles and stuff like that they're just mm-hmm. inspiring and they just look cool like you can't deny that stuff looks cool <laughs> oh yeah
2: absolutely yeah.
0: are you using anything for references or just this stuff that's up you know floating around your head that you want to get out there
1: sometimes i'll, I'll use a reference definitely for like if i haven't drawn an animal before or if i i'm looking for a certain um Uh, like a skull or something that I've never, like I know the animal, but I've never seen the skull of it or like insects are a hard one, Um, particularly with doing the black and white style because I have to think about how light will, where it's coming from and what it's shining on first. So there's a lot of depth perception I have to sort of consider and think too much about my liking really. (laughs) But um. Most of the time it comes naturally, but sometimes I do have to, I'm like, oh shit, what is that? What would that fucking, you know, look like? Okay, that's cool. And then get an idea and then put my own spin on it after I get my rough sketch down.
0: And of course, you, you mentioned that you're in a metal band and I, I definitely approve of the music that you're using on your videos. Do you listen to music while you're doing this? Are you listening to metal in that case?
1: man like um metal definitely has a profound effect on the mood that i like to cultivate while i'm drawing and it's it kind of keeps me um hyper fixated on the minute details and allows me to sort of disassociate from you know reality and which is hard to do as an adult with responsibilities (laughs) um (laughs) i have to just like maintain that sort of um Uh, state of mind i guess to yeah allow myself to just be like that's all that's existing at the moment at this point in time and become immersed in it um but not only metal metal's great when i mean people think when you listen to metal you're like angry or sad or something (laughs) like that it's it's this weird thing everyone seems to think that doesn't listen to metal right
0: (laughs) But, um, no, I, I catch flag life. for that from my family like I said, my band, both my parents are band directors and I grew up around classical primarily and then some sort of big band and funk and jazz and, and soul. And then I come out of left field and I'm listening to Slipknot is now on the lighter side of the metal scale for me. And Gordon, go to...
2: why is your music always so angry?
0: <laughs> because that way I'm not angry.
1: <laughs> You're like the big one. Well, I always go, it was like, I like the music, but why do they have to scream?
0: <laughs> but I, I, I introduced my mom to Thy Art is Murder the other day because she wanted to, I was, well, this was a few months ago. I was supposed to go see him down in Chicago. And she goes, "Who are you seeing?" I'm like, "Dieter's murder." She goes, "Oh, they sound nice." <laughs> I'm like, "Actually, lead singer is pretty cool." <laughs>
1: yeah, they're all great dude, man. <laughs>
0: but so, do um, you do you ever change sorry. up the style of music or whatever you're having going on in the background based on whatever you're trying to draw? If you're not necessarily trying to do this style that you've been that I found you doing, or maybe you want to do something a little bit more. Happy go lucky or cartoonish, whatever the case may be.
1: Like I just, I think I chose to stay with metal because it's just kind of what's been happening and been. It, it suits the style that I'm doing. But like, I'll listen to, you know, instrumental classical music or you know, um, even video game original soundtracks like uh skyrim's atmosphere mm-hmm. tracked yeah. by jeremy sewell its it's beautiful to draw to and um there's a game called journey that was on ps3 and that soundtrack is bloody immersive as all hell but uh anything and just music appreciation hey from blues lo-fi hip-hop jazz um yeah anything that can kind of you yeah. don't have to think too much on right <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> of course, there's been artists over the years that have been open, and particularly back in the 60s, 70s, about marijuana and other psych- psychedelic substances. I believe it was the Jim Morrison from The Doors who actually went out on a seven-day peyote and acid trip, came back. The rest of the band's like, where the hell have you been? He goes, come with me. And they went off for damn near 30 days and did nothing but peyote and camp out in the desert, came back, and they wrote a shitload of music afterwards. Have you yourself talked to other artists about trying different substances that are, of course, you wouldn't because they are illegal in Australia as looking up?
2: Yeah, just hypothetically. Hypothetically.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, uh, I I definitely dabbled when I was younger. I'm pretty clean now. Clean slate. um, Have to be for my work and stuff. Mm. Like, I used to be... uh, mm, You know, just—I mean—I'm still very open-minded to everything in the world, but um, the experiences I had on certain substances definitely taught me what I know. All I know, they can about what they have to offer. I have this profound respect for them. Like I I, don't—I—I have done them. I don't really need or want to do them anymore. I probably did sense. them too young, mm. and probably did them, uh, <laughs> you know, partied a bit hard and did all that kind of <laughs> shit growing up. But um, like uh, LSD specifically was something that had a world—not even a world-changing. Like it didn't really affect me that greatly. It just um allowed me to look at things differently. I guess, I mean, I think I was 17 and like it just opened up a different way of looking at the earth in particular or uh, just the inter- interconnectedness of things and, yeah, I don't advocate it. I never want to advocate drug use or anything like that because different things affect different people differently. Mm-hmm. Setting and, set and setting, everyone's on a different path kind of thing but – um
0: Yeah, for me it's allowed
1: me yeah sorry go ahead Uh, it it definitely allowed me to appreciate um different ways of looking at things and allow that to allow that into my life without it affecting the way i view things organically already
0: Mm -hmm. no i just kind of went down a rabbit hole um listening to a podcast about the history of the music, in particular, the original Woodstock and and how much uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix and his acid, how he talked about that affecting his music style, and that led me down the rabbit hole. Of a guy that has a doctorate in mushrooms and studies going on with this kind of stuff, and it's just like, in pretty soon, I'm trying to pull myself out of out of that one. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you, internet. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> well, mushrooms are interesting, man. Psilocybin has some crazy effects on neurons and mm-hmm. uh, brain brain development and stuff like that, and alleviating addiction symptoms and showing people how to sort of cope with. Post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that. Man, that's pretty great
0: stuff. That's been the big thing coming here out of the United States and Canada. There's 22 (laughs) universities that are looking into that with uh, with combat veterans in particular. And
1: yeah, see, that's that's amazing.
0: It's like I I find it absolutely fascinating, and I think it's still in a lot of circles. I think it's still a a a closed door conversation. Like, oh, it's bad for you because that's what I was told since I was a kid, and it's like.
2: Yes, Very but taboo and certain, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. And I'm sure I'm on a watch list now because I think I'm going to be buying stuff online. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to the art, so if you have a, a blank slate in front of you, what would you say is the hardest part for you of creating a new piece?
1: Ooh, the hard... Hey, drawing's not hard for me, man. It's like second nature. Um, the hardest part is... Like I uh, sort of mentioned previously, is like just being able to um, allow myself to disconnect and peel myself away from responsibilities and um, and that I have to do anything else, and that it just sort of flows naturally from there. Pencil to paper, no sort of preconceived um, shape or orientation, kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably the hardest part. Is like just uh, it's okay nothing else matters right now except the lines on the paper and how this looks and how that's going to look there and when that joins here like that's the hard spot
2: <laughs> so uh you mentioned that you share uh you've all you've been sharing a lot of your art online for a while like in different spots um was there like a like a personal hurdle there like to to actually put it out there in front of other people um like that that fear of like what are people going to say and stuff like that did you have any of that
1: no no um like uh i've never been afraid of showing people my art because it's something i've always done people in class would walk past and be like holy shit look you know that's <laughs> fucking awesome and yeah, every kid drew dragon ball z and mortal Kombat, i right. think or every kid that drew or something and um so like it was never real. but i never like i never did a gallery or i never did mm-hmm. anything like that i never put my art somewhere and was like look at it and judge them yourself i've only ever really like um, uh i've only ever really received a good critic about my stuff like people walk past and they're like that's fucking cool so i never had any like daunting oh shit um stage fright i guess for lack of a better word about it. the biggest fear putting it online particularly and the biggest thing in my mind was um uh plagiarism and copyright and people mm. like a big company may taking the image and putting it on something but like all artists steal and everyone's like you can't be afraid of everything otherwise you never do anything right so right i kind of just got over that hurdle and i don't never wanted to watermark my stuff because then you can't see it
0: mm-hmm. and i was just having that so, conversation yeah, with yeah. uh ben who was talking to another photographer he goes my water my watermark has never got me a job so what's the point and I can kind of yeah. see both sides of that coin of protecting your work, but at the same time, is this extra step really necessary?
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, if if someone wants to go to the lengths to steal something, they're going to steal it.
0: I mean, you, <laughs> just because you lock
1: your car door doesn't mean a thief's going to be like, oh, shit, it's locked, and not fucking smash the window. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, if someone wants it, they'll take it.
0: <laughs> but on the, on the flip side of Casey's question, do you ever worry that if you get into an echo chamber of people telling you your work is nothing but good, do you, I mean, do you look for criticism anywhere or do you worry that you're never going to receive any?
1: I mean, all the, all the time. I have a few, um, close friends like that I grew up with like that I've known since I was six, five in some cases, and I'll show them and, and they'll be like, like I've known you all my life, man, and it is fucking sick. because like, I always think every one of my drawings looks like shit, because that's the artist's curse, right? Like, yeah. like, oh, I can see this wrong with it. I can see this. It's all shit. It's all shit to me. And then, <laughs> like, like no, tell me honestly, does it doesn't look cool. And they're like, dude, just fucking chill. It looks great. Just fucking like, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I'm always I'm open to criticism. Like, I mean, with the good, there's the bad, and plus, as long as it's constructive, and someone's not just like, "That shit, fucking go die," and stuff, which I know <laughs> is just them
2: being petty. <laughs> oh man. But
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's good, man. Like, people do, you know, offer criticism even when it's not asked for. But I generally do ask for it from people who I respect and. Appreciate their input and would and would trust for them to tell me that it looks like shit <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: do you ever um get stuck in that uh in that trap like I know if I'm working on a project I'll do this where it's it never seems like it's gonna be done like you're trying to make it perfect and you just keep pushing and pushing, and then eventually you have to just be like, "I guess this is it
1: not really perfection. Perfection is unattainable man like mm-hmm. I mean if I sat there trying to make my drawings what they look like in my head I'd never finish them because I like I said like they, they always there's always something I can change about it or wish I did better about it or something and I grew up making a fuck ton of mistakes like I fucked <laughs> up so much just, like there were times when I've like Gone over through sketchbooks in like because I've still got a wardrobe full of them, and back at my parents' house, and just cupboards and cupboards of sketchbooks. And um, <laughs> I look at them like, What the fuck was it? What are you thinking? Like, you showed this to me. <laughs> I
2: was proud of this at one point. And people point said one. it was good, so they lied. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: um, no, nah, man, perf- perfection, like philosophically, perfection is unattainable. It's always just, just do better.
0: Do you find yourself getting more nervous? You said that you've done some album artwork before. If somebody has a commissioned piece from you, do you feel more pressure than versus when you're just drawing for the, you know, for your own personal benefit?
1: Um, and pressure in, in a good way, because or actually, no, in, in more so a negative way because I tend to think about it more instead of just sort of trusting myself. And when I think about it, I stress, and stress doesn't do well for what I consider to be a good creative process, like things are supposed to flow, it's supposed to feel natural. So um, I felt the pressure of, like, what if they don't like it? What if they wanted something else? But I just have to keep, like, internalising the my inner... Uh, the voice inside me more and more that says you know they came to you they saw your drawings and wanted what you have already done so just do more of that and that's sort of how I combat that Um, much as possible to alleviate and eradicate pressure from the commission work Um, I had a a tattoo artist from California, I think, request a piece. And I checked the Instagram page. I was like, fuck, why do you want drawings from me? You can draw fucking really cool shit on people's skin. Like, that's a medium that's just so much better. And um, there was a bit of pressure there because I know what artists look at or what people who met, draw look at and all that kind of stuff. But it was, yeah. It was an experience I guess I kinda had to bury away because again they came to me and wanted a piece from me. So yeah.
0: Have you seen a increase in requests for commission pieces since you know since TikTok or Instagram started to blow up for you?
1: Yeah. Um I'm I'm not ready for it. I think I took on a (laughs) few. Um it got it's gotten to a point and it's not I'm not being like uh I'm trying to be as humble as I can about it, but I've had to tell people that i'm i, I can't do anymore because i've got about four in lieu at the moment and um like art takes as long as it takes me i don't when people ask me how much i'm like oh fuck i don't know, man. I, like, I can't charge you by the hour because if i did it'd be stupid amounts of money <laughs> um it's, it's hard to quantify that you know like um uh, <laughs> but i i just have like i'm just like yeah yeah uh you know a uh, hundred bucks for this size drawing. And they're like, yeah, sweet, fucking cool. <laughs> 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 or, like, it still takes time and more time than I'm willing to admit for things that to me don't look finished or that, you know, are imperfect to me or something that at some point I have to put the pencil down and just be like, it's okay. It's good enough. They've like, that's what, you know, that's that's what you do. That's what they've come and seen you do. So just do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of that again is more pressure because it's like, I don't want it to be a business. I never have. And uh, it becoming that or that overwhelming sort of pressure that I have to draw for people is what makes me not want to.
0: Do you think if push came to shove, you know, every, you know, COVID, 27 rolls around and business are just falling apart and you're maybe your job gets liquidated, whatever the case may be, do you think you'd ever turn it into a full-time job out of necessity or do you, do you worry that at that point art is no longer fun? I have to do this to pay the bills.
1: Yeah. Uh, ob- like, obviously if it's like the only thing I could turn to, to make a crust or anything like that for sure. But, um, Uh, Again, like, even if I had the choice, like, uh, had I lost my job in environmental conservation or something like that, I don't think I'd jump straight to drawing to maintain my life because it's always been um, something I did in my spare time and making it a job would just make it work and not, uh, not fun, but, like, the the essence and why why i do it i guess like the reason it's art is because it's it's first and foremost for me it's not really for anyone else it makes me happy to do it it's a catharsis that kind of thing uh, no i don't um push came to shove necessity out of necessity's sake yeah i would have to i guess
0: or even on the music side of the house i mean do you think you'd want to put put all your eggs in one basket if you will for a, a career in the music industry whether it's as a a recording musician or a touring
1: i think live live music's going to suffer for quite a while um, <laughs> because of the whole covid situation yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i do like record i'm like bedroom producer recording all that kind of stuff in my own time as well um but i don't again i've never really looked at it to earn money i'm I've always had the dichotomy of, like, I work so, uh, jobs, regular jobs, so that I can have the money and funding to enjoy my peace and serenity outside of work hours. That's how my dad did it, that's how my mum sort of explained it to me. They're like, we don't give a shit what you do, as long as it makes you happy and as long as you've got enough money to do whatever it is the fuck you want to do. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's, that's kind of, way of looking at it. how I've operated. Yeah, they're like, you know, just... <clears throat>
2: Well, there's yeah. something to be
0: said about that that bedroom producer when I found out uh, having a conversation with an artist that one of my favorite albums that he did was recorded in his old apartment bedroom with garage Band and his his buddy coming over and hitting spacebar for him and and now he's a, a touring musician from that little right. piece so nice but with so if you were accepting commission work how much direction do you prefer from your client or customer when setting that up? Or do you want more less direction for that matter? I guess. Draw whatever the fuck I want
1: for people if they want something (laughs) from me. (laughs) That's that's idealism though. Um, But uh, some direction is good, I think because and it depends on what kind, like I had one guy and I really respect him for giving me the freedom. He's like, just do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to draw you something fucking gross and sick. And you'll probably hate it, but you know, that's what you wanted me to do. <laughs> um, and I got this other guy who was like, Hey man, I don't know how you interpret things or get inspiration, but I like your style. I like what you do. Here's a list of words that I find give me inspiration and I hope you can interpret them the way that you do and sort of put something from your brain using that sort of uh, method of inspiration. I was like, that's really cool. And I kind of do that anyway, like feeling pissed off or fucking something about the world. So I'll draw something that's pissed off or something about the world. You know, It's, it's a good way to infer and sort of purge that sort of thing from your brain or whatever emotion or inspiration that inspires in it
0: can just sort of spew under the page well, if you're ever bored <laughs> but, and you were to use the words rules of the arena in that order <laughs> <damn> it, <laughs> <laughs> i mean they've inspired the shit out of me i don't know about you Casey, but <laughs> uh, no I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time uh but uh-uh. <laughs> But if there are folks out there that, you know, one day if you're, you've caught up on your commission work and they wanted to contact you about getting a piece done, uh, what's what's one way they can find you on social media?
1: Direct message on Instagram is like by far the most instantaneous or, you know, um, for a more back and forth approach would probably be and less um, like chummy for lack of a better word, would be like if you want to be more formal about it through the email, through um, I hate art at hotmail.com. And yeah, Instagram, I hate art at Instagram is probably the other best way of contacting me. TikTok is, I mean, you can contact me through there and I can read it. Sometimes I can't send people messages unless I follow them back or even then it won't let me send them messages. So I don't know what that's about. So I kind of just... If I can message guys without having to follow a thousand people or something like that, I'll I'll happily chat back and stuff. But it's not out of like, I'm not furthering people. <laughs> so it's, it's purely out of ease. <laughs>
0: And I reached out to you to be on the show via Instagram and then I, I bothered to look at location after I sent a message and I go, oh, he's in Australia, son of a bitch. What's the time difference on this one?
2: <laughs> it's just always tomorrow then.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, technically talking, he has a time talking machine. Talking you from the future, guys. <laughs> but Cohen, what advice would you offer up to anyone that's looking to be, that maybe they are on the up and coming or they're looking to start? as an artist and and or a musician for that matter. Do it, do it
1: for you. Like, yeah, if, if you draw, paint, write music, play guitar, hell man, like don't do it to make other people happy. Do it to make you happy first and foremost. Otherwise you won't do it every day and it doesn't have to by other people's standards or even your own look good. It just has to feel right and feel good because at the end of the day, it's coming from you, and if people like it, that's a bonus.
2: <laughs> Perfect, that's, Casey. Any closing? In no, I think quotients? I think that's it. Um, I guess uh, we cover uh, where where can people find your music and stuff. Like we should probably hit that to so direct me. people that way too.
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, music's not something I push, but it's a uh, what is it? Nauclea? It's like a genus of flowering plants. Um, Na. U C L A that's at SoundCloud and um, like the band's stuff before the harvest we're on Spotify, man. We're on iTunes and um, I think we, we probably still do have a Facebook page. We're so inactive. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> the, What's the band
0: name? One yeah. More time.
1: Uh, before the harvest and um, the guitarists project Xeno Christ is pretty awesome as well. Like, got to give a huge shout out to Jack. He's a he's a mad player, and really great musician as well. Like, everything he does turns to gold.
0: Awesome. I found I found before the harvest on. Oh, there we go. Xeno christ found them both. Yeah. Listen, yeah. 20, listen seven. to that later. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. it's <laughs> my first day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again, Cohen, for taking time out of your lunch break to talk with us and, you know, using your powers of coming from the future to be on the show tonight. Uh, and I suppose it's about 10, well, about what, 11.30 your time? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, about that. <laughs> Around yeah. about that time, mate, a few kangaroos past the crocodile, in it? <laughs> <laughs> People wanted to hear it, you know. You know they didn't. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you again, man, for doing this. I really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone out there listening to the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. Many of you have asked, how can you help out? There's a couple of things you can do. First off, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave a five-star review. And drop a comment on there too. I really enjoy reading those. And secondly, tell your friends, family, coworkers about the show, convince them to check it out. Lastly, if you'd like to help bring new episodes out and force me to keep Casey up till hours of the night head over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena podcast and i just have a little tip jar up there it's just a dollar a month is all i ask and make sure to keep in touch with new episodes and guests by following the show on facebook and instagram both at rules of the arena podcast you can also follow the show on twitch where you can tune into the live recordings and join in the conversations with us just head over to twitch.tv slash rules of the arena if you miss the live stream but you still want to check out the video broadcast you can head over and see all past recordings on youtube just search rules of the arena podcast And if you'd like to get a hold of me directly for any comments, concerns, show ideas, or would like to be a guest on the show, please shoot me an email to gordon at blindinjastudios.com. That's G-O-R-D-O-N. And last note of business, don't forget to check out my other show called No Story Left Behind. You can find the show on its own feed wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at No Story Left Behind Podcast. Thank you again, folks, and we will catch you next time.